Thanks for checking out the New Hope Podcast. We believe this message will encourage you and transform you into who God is calling you to be. You are loved. Enjoy. So today we're doing we're going into part two of our series series. What? Armed and dangerous. So we got our there we go. We got our friend coming up. We've been uh, we've been talking about the armor of God. And so we're going to jump into part two today. And if maybe you've missed, go online. You can check out the other ones on our website. Or if you have an iPhone, you can go to the podcast app. We're working on the other, the other one. What's the other one called? I don't know what it's called. The other one that I don't use. <laughs> Listen, when I was younger, I got to tell you this story. When I was younger, um, when I was about 10 years old, I moved in with my mom and my stepdad and my brother and sister, and my two stepsisters. That's a lot of people in one house, right? But we moved from the city to the country, from Fredericton, as my friends from Canada. Can we, can we give it up for my friends? This is Sean. Come on, stand up, Sean. And Sue Bork and their family beside them. And uh, I've known them for more than half my life, forever. So Sean's one of my best friends, and they're here uh, from out west in western Canada, and uh, they're awesome. But so I moved, we moved out into the country, and uh, for you guys, the Miramichi, beautiful place. And we moved there, and we lived by this amazing river, and there was lots of trees. You could go into the woods for a day and never see a person, and I loved it. You could hunt, you could fish. But you know what was amazing? When I first got there, I realized on the side of the road in various places, well, there was water coming down. We Floridians would call them mountains. We called them hills. There'd be the, these large hills, and there'd be water coming out the rocks at the bottom. And people would put like pipes there. And guess what we would do? We would go and drink the water. It was amazing. It was ice cold. It was pure. It was refreshing. Um, in that neck of the woods in Canada, they call it the side hill. All right. And so we would get water out of the side hill every chance we got. Guess what? We wanted to make sure that that never got tainted, right? We, did, we wanted to make sure we took care of that place so that our kids uh, could enjoy it. So guess what? This past summer, I took Emma there. This was 25 years after I got to try it for this first time. I took Emma to the very same spring, and guess what? She drank out of the same spring. And it was awesome, and it was ice cold, and it was refreshing, and it was pure. We guarded it. We took care of it. We protected it. Guess what? It reminds me of this scripture in Proverbs 4, 20 to 23. It says this, and it's, it's Solomon speaking to his sons. And this is kind of here in the middle. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my good words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. And listen, here's the key verse, 23. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Let's pray. Lord, thank you today for your word. I pray that today 
your word would be blessed. Lord, that it would reach amazing soil, that we would hear from you, God. You'd speak to us today. Let my words be your words. In Jesus' name. And the church said. So as you know, we're talking about um, the armor of God. And we're into week two. Last week we talked about the belt of truth, right? And we found out that the belt of truth was not just this little belt you put on last, right? Right? I wear a belt. But guess what? I put it on last. The belt of truth, I was always confused. What? Why? Why are they? Why is it first? And I found out that it wasn't just a belt. It went in your middle here from your chest all the way down uh, to your lower abdomen area. And it held you together. It supported your core. It's truth. We have truth at our core. So if you haven't heard that message, make sure you go on and listen to last week's because it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the, the um, foundation to the rest of these messages. And so look what, I'm going to get us reminded here of what we've been doing. Ephesians 6 Verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm. God's calling us, church, to be people who are standing firm in him. And so last week, we, we got, okay, how am I going to stand firm? Number one, put on the belt of truth. Understand the truth. The truth will set you free. So the which is the belt buckled, belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. So you can kind of see this dude's breastplate, right? It's not just up here. It goes all the way down here. And so that's kind of the piece of armor we're going to be talking about. Today, we're talking about why it's so important to put on God's breastplate of righteousness to guard and protect our heart. So if you want to write these down, if you want to write some notes today, Here's your first point. Number one, heart and soul. So we're going to talk a little bit about the differences here of our heart and our soul. Our physical heart is really important, isn't it? Everybody have a heart? Who doesn't have a heart? Me? All right, good. Okay. Everybody's got a heart? <laughs> yeah, I can see that. No, I'm just <laughs> Without it working right, we can become sick really quickly. As some of you know, we got a pretty good scare in our family a few months ago with John in his heart. It wasn't working right. It was beating too fast. It was off rhythm. And he got sick pretty quick. You know, the average heart beats 115,000 times a day. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? And it keeps beating. Your heart pumps about 2,000 gallons of blood every day. Isn't that amazing? Like God made, you don't have 2,000 gallons of blood, don't worry. But it keeps going through. And guess what happens? Blood comes, blood goes out, it gets some oxygen, goes throughout your body. And then guess what? It comes in and it's called poor oxygen. This blood has, doesn't have much oxygen. So it comes back in, goes through, gets some oxygen, does it all over again. 
So it's pretty amazing what your heart is. It's an electrical system. It controls the rhythm. You don't want to get that out of rhythm. Your heart is a pump. It's a muscle. Your heart and blood vessels make up your cardiovascular system, right? So everything you need, your heart, it's important. If it's not working right, it gets sick pretty quick. You know, there's four parts. There's four chambers in your heart, too. Two parts are where the blood comes in. Two parts where it goes out. But you're like, Pastor, why are we talking about heart? Like, is this, is this biology class today? Why am I telling you this? I want, us, I want us to see how important our physical heart is. We need it. We need it working right. Listen, you know there's some body parts we don't need, right? Like the tonsils, right? When I was a kid, every kid in my neighborhood had their tonsils taken out, except for me. I still, I still have some tonsils in there. Appendix, don't need the appendix. Take it out. Guess what? Another body part we don't need? Back hair. <laughs> right? So there's lots of parts to our body that we don't need. But the heart is not one of them. We need it. So let's think about our heart. Let's think about our soul. So we go from physical heart to our spiritual heart. The state of our soul is even more important than our physical heart. You know, human beings are made up of three distinctive parts. Our body, so it allows us to relate right here, physical, right? To our spirit, which allows us to relate and connect with God. Our soul, which allows us to relate to ourselves. Your soul is what makes you a unique individual, right? You're like, that person's got a good heart. Have you heard that before? Right, you play a sport, right? I'm like, man, that guy's got a lot of heart. Your soul is what makes you unique. It's your personality, your distinctive individualism, your nature. So your soul is composed of four parts, and we're going to put them up here today. Your mind, so it's our thoughts, right? So what we think, how we think, what we allow ourselves to think. And number two, our will. So those are our ambitions, what we want to do in life, our goals, our dreams, our vision. Or if we're couch potatoes, our will's kind of like, okay, I'm good, right? Number three, our emotion, our feelings, right? Some of us feel more than others, right? And then lastly is our conscience, so our moral compass. So we all kind of have these four parts, and they're moving, and they're speaking together. And you know what? The, the enemy tries, and so that's what this this whole series is all about, right? That we know that we have an enemy. He's come to kill, steal, and destroy. And so God's like, hey, listen, I've got some armor. I did, it's not called our armor. It's called God's armor, right? The armor of God. So God's like, hey, I've got some armor so you don't have to deal with this all on your own. A lot of us like to do it all on our own, right? Like, oh, I can take care of this. But God's like, I don't want you to do it on your own. Let's, let's do this together. And so he gives us this armor. But the enemy tries to enter all four parts of our heart, our spiritual heart. 
So in your mind, he's trying to distort your thinking with lies about God, his word, or even yourself. Your will, he's redirecting your ambitions away from eternity, from eternal things, to pursuing temporary things. Number three, your ambitions. He's tampering with your feelings, right? He's trying to get you at, at war with some people around you, maybe. Or trying to get you to think like, oh, well, I can't believe that person thinks that way about me. I can't believe they said it that way. And then the last one, your, your emotions, or sorry, your conscience. He's influencing your conscience. He's trying to stir up things like, well, no, that's okay. Yeah, if you just do that this one time. And maybe it's not even lining up with the Bible. You're like, well, but it's okay. Like, we live, it's 2019. We, we can be a little bit more relaxed with the Word of God. No. <laughs> when you and I choose to not align our actions with God's word, truth, we live in rebellion to God. It's real quiet, right? Here, it's like, yeah, it's me, Pastor. Hey, it's me too, right? I'm preaching at the choir. And we, we live in this rebellious stage because we're like, hey, listen, this is how I feel. I can't, I can't, you know, I can't decide how I feel. But you know what's amazing? I want to tell you this, not even in the, my sermon today, but I love, because I love this story because Jesus shows us very in a vivid way, how we can deal. Because we do all, we all have emotions, right? Right, if someone kicks you, right, you're at Walmart, and someone comes up and just, oh wait, actually, I got a better story than the Walmart one. Sean and I, when, I, when we were about 17 years old, we, we would work at camp, and in the summer, we'd go home on the weekend. And we'd hang out on the weekend, and we would go home, we'd have like 24 hours, and it was about an hour away from the camp. And guess what? We're driving in my neighborhood, and kids throw eggs at my car. Right? So I got emotional. Right? Sean, he was just kind of, and he's the redhead. What's up with that? I got emotional. Guess what I did? We got out. I think, I don't, I don't know if you helped me. I think you did. We chased the kids down. Yeah. We chased them through a field. And we brought, and we said, listen, you're coming. And they were maybe a couple years younger than us. They said, you're coming, and you're going to wash my car. My car was a piece of junk. It didn't even matter. It actually made it look better, okay, with the eggs on there. But principle, right? So we chased them down. They came over to the house, and they washed my car off. Listen, I had an emotional experience there, right? And I could have decided, I could have went, you know what? I could let the guys go. And I didn't. So Jesus shows us how to deal with our emotions. Remember in the garden, the night before Jesus was betrayed, he was there praying. He was trying to get the disciples to pray with him. And he says this amazing prayer, God, not my will, but your will be done. So what we need to do is always submit, here's our will, and we put, or here's our will, our emotions, our heart, and we have to always submit it under God's will. 
and say, God, this is how I feel right now, and I want to do this, but I'm submitting to you. Right? Because Jesus was 100% man, 100% God, but also 100% man at the moment. And he was like, God, if, if you could take this cup from me, but not my will, but your will be done. And what happens when, we, when we're rebellious, when we're not putting everything in God's hands, we leave our heart exposed where Satan can come in. Right? If we're not going to put on this armor, we're exposed to all the elements of that spiritual war. And we're saying, listen, I don't need the armor. I'm going to set it over here. Um, I might need it tomorrow, maybe. These are amazing gifts from God. Remember what it says here in, in verse 4, 23. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. These four are important. Everything that you do, you think, you feel, flow from it. Your physical heart. Remember the main artery is the aorta. Everything goes out through there. You aorta have one of those. That's a dad joke. It's a dad joke. Heart jokes aren't good, are they? But they aorta be. <laughs> wow, that's bad. Come on. I'm trying, I'm trying. You know what, listen, without that, without the aorta, the blood can't flow. Right? It can't pump it. If your soul isn't taken care of, if it's unprotected, we'll have heart issues, right? So we need God, we need to allow God to, to give us his armor so that we can do what only he can do through us. So number one, heart and soul. Number two, prepare the right environment. Everybody say environment. Environment. Isn't that important to prepare the right place? Imagine going on a trip. You go away for two weeks, right? You leave the house, and then you get on the plane, and you and your wife are sitting on the plane, and she says, uh, we left all the fruit on the counter. And guess what? For two weeks, guess what happens? It starts to rot. Fruit flies show up. They weren't invited, but they show up anyway. You know, most of us experience this, especially single guys. Means that you guys are a little bit messier. You notice that it takes some serious work to get rid of fr fruit flies in the house, right? You think you're, oh, okay, they're all gone. And then the next morning you wake up, oh, there they are again. Let's find that apple that our kid put under the couch. Where, is the, where are these fruit flies coming? You notice that it takes some serious work to eliminate them. When you think you've eradicated them, here they come again. What's the point? We didn't need to personally invite them into our home. All we had to do was create an environment for them. And they just invited themselves. The, the environment was created, we created 
was the invitation. What environment are you creating in your life? Are you exposing yourself to the wrong things? Are you exposing yourself to you fill in the blank? Because we're creating an environment and then the enemy's like, oh, cool, I'm coming in. Oh, they don't mind watching that? I'm coming in. I'm, I'm going to take up residency at their house. The enemy takes every opportunity to push his way into our life. And unrighteousness is all the invitation he needs to send in his demons on assignment. You're like, Pastor Landon, this is like heavy. But we got to realize Paul at the very end of Ephesians, has something important for us to know. And that is that, hey, we're at war. Like it or whatever, it's happening. It will come, but guess what? God will show up and he's got the armor. He's saying, here you go. It, on, it not only leaves the door open but rolls out a welcome mat to our soul. It actually attracts the enemy to our life. All right, good news. Everybody ready for the good news? Come on, everybody say amen if you're ready for the good news. All right, the good news. We have something special, a free gift. So number three, put on the full, put on the breastplate of righteousness. Get it right, right? So we have to prepare the environment and we have to make sure we put on the breastplate of righteousness. Remember, stand firm then, Ephesians six fourteen. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. So in the fight, I want to be covered by God's righteousness. Imagine going out into battle. All right, we, we, uh, we honored our veterans. Imagine our military going out with, with no gun, no vest, no helmet on. They would be out in the middle of the field, in the middle of the fight, exposed. Imagine instead of Hummers and tanks, we sent minivans. A lot of times, as Christians, that's what we do. We're like, I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? But we get out in the middle of the fight, and we say, oh, I can do this all by myself. I remember Emma doing that when she was young. She was like two or three years old, and we, she would go, and she wanted a drink out of the fridge, and she would get a gallon jug of whatever, sweet tea. And she's like, I'm trying to do it. No, I, all by myself. Like, no, Emma, you need some help. You need me to help you with this. You shouldn't even be drinking sweet tea. I don't want to expose my heart to, the, to enemy fire. The heart is the most vital organ. But you know what I love about God? Is he gave us this breastplate of righteousness. And you know, it's his. 
Maybe we don't think about it this way, but it's his righteousness. It's not my righteousness. I'm not perfect. I'm only right because of what Jesus did on the cross. So I've got this amazing gift from God called righteousness. And what, what is that? He's our protection, right? He's our fortress. And so when we put on this, he's going to defeat the enemy. He's going to take care of a lot of things before it even gets to us. Have you, you know, we've all used this, like, God, put a hedge of protection around me. Have you ever prayed that before? And, and that's, yeah, I think that word's in the Bible, hedge. And like, like at my house, the hedge is not very thick, and I can just kind of run through the hedge. So God, put this breastplate of righteousness on me so I can stand firm when the enemy comes knocking at the door. And God's like, hey, I've already got it taken care of. It's my righteousness. Look at it this way, Psalm 18.2. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Isn't it amazing that we have a God who says you don't have to do it all on your own. You don't have to make it happen. I'm going to be there to protect you. When the enemy starts to wage war, I'm going to take care of it before it even reaches you. And if it does reach you, guess what? Next, in a couple weeks, we're going to talk about this piece. You know, God is our safety. If you're a football person, you're like, what's a safety? I was thinking about this last night. And those of you that know football, you kind of know what a, what a safety is. is two points, right? And what's amazing is the offense really doesn't even have to touch the ball to get a safety, right? It's pretty amazing. So you're on offense. You're like, hey, I'm just here. I'm standing firm in the Lord. And he's out there saying he's making plays and he's getting two points with us even maybe not even knowing about it. That God, you know that there's when we're sleeping and when we're driving and when we're at work and when we're doing all sorts of things, you know that the enemy has a plan and a purpose for us. But God's plan and purpose is bigger and better. And when we put on his armor, when we put on the breastplate of righteousness, sometimes we don't even notice the fight. Because guess what? God's going before us. He's putting it in the enemy's end zone and saying, hey, I already got two points. You haven't even woke up yet today. So God is fighting for us. We only need to be still. When you put on the breastplate of righteousness, you are saying and agreeing with who God is and that everything that God is is right and true. Because guess what? The breastplate of righteousness connects with the undergarment truth. And so you're saying, okay, I know the truth. I know that God is righteous. I know that God's going to take care of me in the fight. You're saying that you give up control to God. You're saying, okay, God, you lead the charge. You're saying in myself, 
that he is my righteousness. You're saying, God, protect my heart. I want to be right with you. I want to be in alignment with you. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So I know we're, we're calm today. It's a calmer sermon. But sometimes we've got to think about those things. That he who knew no sin came to be, have sin placed upon him so that we might become his part in his righteousness. Righteousness is, is really just upright living that aligns with the expectations of God. Our nature is sin. Our spirit longs for truth and righteousness. We can put on God's righteousness because he wants to protect us from the enemy. You know that back then, because Paul was, Paul was envisioning, not this guy, he was envisioning a Roman soldier. And at certain points in history, you know that the government wasn't just issuing like the U.S. government. It's like you get, you get this issued and you, you have this. When you go out to the battle, you, a lot of you look alike. Back then, the rich soldiers, they would look awesome. They had everything. They had the belt of truth and the, the breastplate of righteousness and the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit. But then other guys, guess what? They might go out and they might have some boots on and like a shovel. The poor guys, they didn't have the breastplate of righteousness. They didn't have the breastplate. And in our case, we're talking about the breastplate of righteousness. Aren't you glad your uniform was paid for on the cross? That your uniform was paid for. All of us are able to have the breastplate of righteousness. All of us have that gift. We don't have to say, well, I'm a poor Christian, so I don't, I don't get all the armor. You get all the armor. Because you're a son and daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Can we stand? I want to challenge you this morning to put on the breastplate of righteousness. How do I do that, Pastor? Well, I think we can just pray together, right? What do you think? Let's close our eyes for a moment. Put our hand over our heart. Let's pray this together. Thank you for giving me life. Please clothe me with your breastplate of righteousness. Search me. And know my heart. Test me. And know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. Lead me. Protect me. Check my heart. Forgive all of my offenses. Make me right in your sight. 
make me armed and dangerous with your armor. In Jesus' name. And the church said, and the church celebrated because we have a good God who says, you have it. You got the belt of truth. You got the breastplate of righteousness. And as we go into the next couple messages, you're going to get some more armor. We love you. Have a great day. We'll see you soon.